Okay, so now Jerry's going to come and share. Um, he's had some things on his heart since the last time he shared, and um, so he's coming to share about uh, prayer, right, Jerry? Something about prayer? Okay. Good morning again. It's always nice to follow Zach and Ruby. But anyway, I need to practice. So here I am. Um, I'll share a little bit. I was talking to pastor this morning about uh, a dream I had last night. And I'm not, I, this is actually the first time I've ever had a vision in a dream. Normally I see visions in prayer or, or to that nature. But uh, I was in the back outside the doors. And this place was just packed full of young people. And when I say pack, I mean at limit or capacity or over capacity. And everybody was so excited to be here and the smiling faces. And, uh, and they were taking the offering buckets and shoving so much money in there. And I'm like, I count the offering if anybody didn't know. And I'm like, how am I going to take care of this? And then that was it. And I'm just like, well, that, I'm like, well, was that the Holy Spirit? Well, it's a, it lines up with exactly what the word has been in the, in the past. So it had to be the Holy Spirit. So it was very encouraging to me. Yeah, I saw a dream. That was good too, but it, uh, it was in line with what's, what's been uh, spoken over this church. That was, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. Um, what, what I've been hearing and, and seeing lately is, uh, the importance of a healthy prayer life. Um, and the communion with God on a daily basis. When, as an athlete or as uh, any football player, baseball player, you practice daily, if not four or five times a week. And the importance of getting alone with God and spending time with Him on, on a, I would, on a daily basis, that will build our character. It will, it will form us into who we are to be and give us confidence in who we are to be and who our Father is. <clears throat> and the importance of prayer in when you, you I'm going to skim through this because I'm not going to go to, I'll say a lot of verses if anybody wants to hear them, but I'll just kind of read them and then we won't have to turn everywhere. But I mean, even in, okay, Luke five sixteen, when Jesus, I'm going to go there so I can read I'll start in 15. However, the report went out concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities, so that he himself, Jesus himself, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So after he's been, he says he's been healing everyone, and the multitudes kept following him, but he knew that he needed to regenerate his batteries. And even though he was God on earth, he still needed to, uh, to talk to the Father and commune with the Father. And as we know in this day and age, we are definitely, definitely in a spiritual warfare. Uh, in Ephesians, well, I'll go there real quick. Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness and of this age, against spiritual hosts and of wickedness in heavenly places. As Christians, our best and most powerful weapon against the enemy is prayer. Uh, with that is our weapon, and that's what we are to use. And there are many different types. Obviously, we have our private prayer, corporate prayer, prayer in tongues. 
the importance of prayer is how we will defeat the enemy. It'll also be how we get to know our Father and in communion with Him. In James 5, it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fervent or effective and fervent. Impassioned, passionate, and intense. So an intense prayer with the will of God will avail much. And when we have daily communion and, and communion on a regular basis, we will know the will of God. So if we know the will of God and we pray fervently and passionately that we know that he hears us and that he will answer us. We don't see the miracles that we'd like to see of people getting out of wheelchairs and doing jumping jacks down the aisle, but I believe that will come eventually. We've seen plenty of miracles here in this church, Ryan and Jalissa with their baby, you know, Josh and Crystal with their baby. I mean, the, the, to the circumstances, we, we've come a long ways. And they're miracle babies in my eyes. Marilyn, I think she can attest to the same thing. You know, power of prayer. Yeah, your arm. So we're seeing it. We're seeing the power of prayer. And uh, the devil might try to pull the wool all over our eyes like nothing's happening, but he is moving. A little bit of authority that we've been given. I just want to go over a few verses. Uh, Matthew 28. Jesus has been given the authority in heaven and on earth. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess in the name of Jesus. And he has given us the power and the authority to use his name. And when we know that we have the authority and the actual authority in his name, when we pray that fervently, that our prayers will be answered. Matthew 18, when it says, whatever we bind on earth and loose in heaven will be, will be bound and loosed in Jesus' name. And we understand the, the power of that name and the, the principalities don't have, they have nothing. Jesus has all the power. He's given us the power and authority. He has the power. He's given it to us. That means the devil has none. When we, when we can grasp the fact that everything we do and bind up in prayer is going to happen, and we, we will, we're called to be prayer warriors and just to get to know and to work on the, the prayer life and to be confident and strong in what we do ask for him, he will give us. But the communion, definitely a communion with your father to get to know your father, to get to know your father's will and, and to constantly be in communion and prayer with him. Let's, I'm going to run to Acts. Sorry, this is going pretty fast. I don't want everybody getting mad at me. I'm getting ahead of myself. Two o'clock. This is kind of our our flagship brand in Acts. I mean, we, when you receive the power, you've received the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power, and uh, that is going to move. God will move through us to get His will done on earth. In Acts 3, I'm going to go to 16. And this is when uh, we have Peter and James at the gate beautiful with the lame man that was sitting there. And he he says, No, I... Sorry. 
One more time, I got ahead of myself again. All right, I'm going to slow down. Acts 3, 4, and 8. And this was the lame man. And fixing his eyes on him, with John and Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankles bones received strength. In the name of Jesus, Jesus' name, the power is there. And in 16, verse 16, And in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And then in 4, 8 through 10, they're talking to everybody. And then it's questioning how they did this or what name they did this in. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people of the elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. When we can harness the power of the name of Jesus and confidence and the power that he's given us through the Holy Spirit, we will move mountains and we will see revival, I believe. One more verse. I'm going to be done. John fourteen thirteen. And this is in the red letters. He's given us his power. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If we ask in his name, in his Father's will, mountains will move. Yeah. The heavens will shut up with water just like Elijah prayed, and they'll come down when we pray his will and his name and fervently. All right, amen. I believe. Told you I need to practice, but anyway, thanks for bearing with me. What I heard um, Jerry saying was so good about prayer and the importance of prayer. And, um, you know, I just heard something when he was talking about um, when he was talking about how Jesus, you know, there's I've been studying this area where um, Jesus got his disciples in the boat. He got them in the boat, told them to go to the other side. I just think that's so exciting. And that's exactly what we have to do. You know, Jesus spent time praying. He spent time praying after, you know, the multitude. He had, was following him around. And then he said, he says, get in, get in the boat. You guys go to the other side. I've got to go pray. So he was going to go pray. And he spent time praying. And some of those places is where he walked on the water. Or, or then they ended up over there in um, the gathering demoniac. And so you can see after he spent time praying, there was miracles and things that happened because he was built up in a place to be able to do what the Lord told him to do and to set that gathering demoniac free as well as 
um, walking on water. Amen? And so so the prayer aspect is so important. And, and the prayer aspect will help you get to the other side. And we talked about that in Nehemiah last week. We talked about going, uh, how much he prayed through the whole thing. Now, I'm not going to go over Nehemiah again, but I'm going to go to the last part. And then, then I want you to listen to um, a prophecy or word that Daniel gave in May when he was here. I was trying to get the one he did on Friday. I was writing it out last night. I thought, I got to get this so people know how to pray. And then I come, I started listening to Saturday night. I hadn't got Friday done. And I'm going, oh, that's better. That's better yet. So we're all going to listen to that one. It's not very long, but it's, it ends up being talking about prayer and talking about this house. And you might remember it if you were here Saturday night or not, or if you were in prayer that Saturday morning. But I just wanted to go over a couple of things real quick. Um, also, the papers that you got that I had um, uh, Ruby hand out. Those are papers that I want you to fill out at a time because I'm going to meet with you individually. I just wanted to get that out there before I forgot. I'm going to meet with people individually and then corporately we'll, we'll spend time in prayer together, you know, as, as we need to do that. And, uh, and so, so please get some times down that I can meet with you individually. I want to go over what your job description is. Okay, so I'm back in Nehemiah, and we're going to go over here. We're going to go towards the end. I'm not going to go over the whole thing with you, but again, starting with chapter 4 in Nehemiah, and uh, where the work was ridiculed. It was, they, they were being mocked for doing what they were doing. They had to put up with stuff all the time in coming. And you'll see from the, the beginning where Nehemiah prayed, to start with, he spent time in interceding. And remember, I talked about intercession and prayer. Everything has to happen in the spirit realm first before it happens here. So when they're, they're traveling, they're working that Zach and Ruby did. All of that had to happen in the spirit realm. The opportunities, the things that were set up, the people that were set up to meet, all of that had to be interceded and prayed. Just like here, the intercession that we do, we can be trailing, uh, groaning and travailing for lost souls and, and readying that particular aspect so that when we, when we do go out or maybe the Lord will set somebody up in the grocery store for you to talk to. And so I always am praying for divine appointments for you guys, just so you know, divine appointments. So always be ready. Like, um, uh, I don't know which one of you said, always be ready to, that was Zach, to share the truth of the gospel. It doesn't have to be a big flowery speech. Share what's your heart. Share your heart. What did God do for you? What's your testimony? Where are you going for the Lord, with the Lord? Where are you going? What are you going to do? Anyway, Nehemiah, you know, prayed and, and birthed so many of those things in, stood in the gap, repented for his nation, repented for the people. And you will see the prayer whenever they ran into a situation, they prayed. And so uh, chapter 4 talks about that, um, um, the, the opposition and... and um, just going start with verse 1 all the way down through. We're not going to read the whole lot because I want you to hear this word. Go over to verse 9. Again, they were, they were um, being ridiculed. And verse 9 says, what did they do? But we prayed to our God. And because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. 
And it goes on and talks about that, how they set up the guard. And let's jump down to verse 14. And I did go over this last week, but when I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid. Do you know how much that is throughout the the whole word of God? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I couldn't help but think of that when Zach, I think it was Zach. (laughs) Sorry, guys, but Zach was talking about the fear aspect. Do you know the fear is the open door? You can't go into a, a, a foreign land and be afraid. It's an open door for the enemy to come to steal, kill, and destroy. You can't do that. And a side note, there's a lot of countries that, a lot of people in other countries that I know that if you don't honor the food that they put before you, they do not like it. They don't like it. Um, Jeff, you probably know that too, don't you? But yeah, yeah. And just in the places that my family has been, Africa and Fiji, and Fiji, <laughs> Fiji is the jungle part, not the not the part you hear about that's beautiful. It's the jungle part that you go into, and, and the only way you can get to the people is to um, um, put on a backpack and climb up into go into the jungle. You can't reach them any other way, and so there's all kinds of stuff. And I can remember Rochelle, Rochelle, uh, you know, when they were in Africa. A chicken was a, a fancy feast for you when you came. And their chicken, their chicken is, is um, doesn't matter if there's a few feathers floating around in the soup. doesn't matter. That's, that's to them as an amazing meal. And so Rochelle, <laughs> Rochelle had trouble with it. So Dick had to, eat, <laughs> had to eat both helpings, you know. But anyway, chicken, uh, anyway, so, but just know that, that just whatever country you go into. Okay, so verse 9, they prayed and said, verse 14, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. So see, so instead of being afraid about the situation, we need to remember what God has done, what God has done or what God has said he's going to do. And see, then that takes us to the other side or that takes us to the final victory that Nehemiah was looking for. Amen. That's what he was after. So what he did basically, um, oh, let's just go ahead. 17. Well, we'll start there. No, maybe. Um, um, well, let's just go on with 15. And it happened when our enemies, enemies heard that it was known to us. Basically, they, they were known that these guys were going to come in and try to do damage and try to stop the work and try to kill, steal, and destroy. Verse 17, those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other hand holding a weapon. I think that is a picture of the church today. Picture of the church today, doing the work with one hand and dealing with the enemy on the other hand. Amen? Amen. I think that's so exacting. And verse 18, as for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his side as he built while the trumpeter stood near, near me. And I said to the nobles, officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we carried on the work with half them, holding spears from dawn until the stars appeared. At that time, I also said to the people that each man with his servants spend the night within Jerusalem so that they may be a guard for us by night and a labor by day. 
So neither I, my brothers, my servants, nor the men of of the guard who followed me, none of us removed our clothes. Each took his weapon even to the water. And like um, uh, Jerry was saying, we all have those weapons to be able to use. So basically, what I believe he, I would like to term what he did is he set watchmen on the wall. And for years, I mean, that was one of the first things I heard that I believe the Lord was telling me was to be a watchman on the wall. And a watchman on the wall means you paying attention to the enemy that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, and so you are the watchman on the wall, and you see that enemy coming to steal. And, and your, your immediate response is to go into prayer and intercession, use the word, the weapons that you have to deal with that enemy that has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and back him off of whatever, whatever is happening in the physical and the natural. Amen? So you're a watchman, and I, I like to think the whole body of Christ is a watchman on the wall. Amen? And, and I shared, I shared with you last uh, week Isaiah. This was the scripture verse that has always meant something to me for years that I believe is for this area too. And, um, and it's Isaiah 62, um, verse, well, the whole thing is good, but, um, I read verse four last week. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but verse four, and I believe it's talking. This is, this was me. This was what I received. It was talking about this area. It will no longer be said to you forsaken, nor to your land. It will, will it any longer be said desolate, but you will be called. My delight is in her and your land married for the Lord delights in you and to him your land will be married. And then uh, verse 6, then jump down to verse 6. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. On your walls. There's been watchmen. There's been watchmen on the walls for this territory, this city, and this territory for a long time. A long time. Amen? Watchmen standing. Some of them have gone home to be with the Lord, but they have stood and believed God for this area to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. For revival to happen here, not only here, but across the state, across this nation. And then it goes on to, um, let's see, um, let's go on with six. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. That's a watchman, will never keep silent. A watchman is always watching, always you know, I tell you about listening on the inside. You're always listening on the inside. You're always listening. And the minute you have a bother about something that's going on, whether it's with your children or with your husband or your wife or with your family, with your finances, whatever, the Lord's prompting you to do something about it. You are the watchman on the wall concerning your business. But you're also a watchman on the wall concerning the, the business of the church. Amen? So you pay attention and you... you you do the work of the Lord, but you also battle with the other hand. You who remind the Lord, take no rest. All day, I got to start back up there. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Doesn't that sound familiar to what we just read in Nehemiah? Amen. But verse 8, the Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his strong arm, I will never again give your grain as food for your enemies, nor will foreigners drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it will eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Verse 10, go through, go through the gates, 
clear the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a standard over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, lo, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called sought out a city not forsaken. Amen. Sought out a city not forsaken. That has been my heart for a long time. I've just been brought back to that recently. And I think it's really important. It's an important um, word for now. Um, and I believe that's what I believe about this area. That's what I believe about this area. Um, the redeemed of the Lord and, and a city sought out, not forsaken, a city sought out, not forsaken. So, um, a watchman, I wrote down somewhat of a definition, uh, setting watchmen on walls was an, as was an ancient custom for the purpose of warning the approach of the enemy. So we are watchmen on the walls. We're watchmen getting... That's why intercession is so important. That's why it's so important to be together as a group to intercede and pray. And so they don't hold their peace. And I'd like to pray that... Can we play that um, scripture verse? Or that prophecy, excuse me, I think is ready to go. It will probably come over the speaker's um, saying we just know that this morning. Oops, who was that? Me? Oh, oh. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there isn't one person in here that does not does not have something to give. Everybody has a calling. Everybody has a gifting. Everybody has something to give to the body of Christ and to those that don't know Jesus. Amen? Amen. I want to talk about something that happened. Who, who here comes to this church on a regular basis? Do you know that there's intercession that happens in this house? And if you haven't been a part of it or haven't come to any of these prayer times, I want to encourage you to come. I'm going to share why. Because when we together come into unity in agreement and we begin to pray over the things that the Lord instills in our heart. Everything begins to change. Because we yield to the Holy Spirit and we are the authority here on this earth. We are his body. 
And when we yield to him and we begin to intercede, the Holy Spirit has room to move. And this morning, I was a little late getting up, but I made it. I came and sat down in this chair right over here in the back. And as soon as I sat down, we were just all praying in the Holy Spirit. And the presence of God just just came in so strong. So strong. And you can feel it tangibly. And then one by one, the Holy Spirit began to give things to people to pray. Over the city. Over the schools. Over individuals and over families. And the Holy Spirit's looking for those who would yield themselves to him. To fulfill the work of ministry and to fulfill the will of the Father on this earth. And if you haven't been, I really want to encourage you to come to these things. Because what happens when you're in there, the Holy Spirit begins to stir up the gift inside of you as well. It begins to exercise those things. And the more that you yield to that, well, the more in tune you get with it. Because to each one of us, there's been a measure of grace given. And we cannot do what someone else can, even though we're working in unity. Yesterday, we talked about unity. Talked about moving forward as one and the purpose of the body. But during this intercession, I sat there and I was, the presence of God was, I'm telling you, so strong. And I know that everything that was prayed for was accomplished. Everything that was prayed for was accomplished. Because it doesn't come out of our own minds. It's not on our own accord when intercession begins. It is the groaning deep in our spirit by the it's the Holy Spirit making this intercession. He knows. And we just have to yield to him. And everything this morning, we're gonna see some immediate changes for some things that happened this morning. But during that time. In my spirit, I began to just cry. Just, I felt that something was stirring. And the Lord, for me, he'll show me pictures. He'll show me, uh, if you want, you could call them visions, you could call them dreams, different things like that. But he'll show you these pictures. And I'm going to show you exactly what he told me because it's for this house and this body. And in this picture that I began to see, I was looking at this church. This body, this house, from the outside, from that road, looking in at the front of the church. And around it on both sides and all around, I can see a field completely empty. But it was perfectly toiled and tilled with seed all on the ground. But over this state, as I began to look at that, I saw the state. And there's been this cloud of darkness over this state this state is fertile ground for the Lord it's not just a city it's the whole state it is fertile and the Lord wants to move and the Lord wants to reap a harvest specifically over the state and this cloud I can see it you know in these uh, what do you call those things the uh the wall clouds. You've seen those things roll in? And it covers everything, right? And you see those things. That's how it looked. It just covered the whole state from an aerial view. But all of a sudden this morning, I was looking at this church. It just, this church just went up in flames. The 
power of God hit it. The fire of the Holy Spirit. It just ignited in this place. And right above it, it penetrated right through that cloud. Right through that darkness that's been over this place. Penetrated and made one hole in there. And all of a sudden this rain started coming down. And these plants that were all around here, these seeds, some were already growing. But all of a sudden these crops started popping up. They started growing fast and quickly. Not all of it at once, but it began the work. It began. And what God was showing me is that this morning, through intercession... We have broken a barrier that has been in this state, in this city. These religious spirits and demons. We have broken a wall. There has been a wall broken. And a stronghold has come down. And there will be some changes that you will see immediately over this city. There is not just, like I said, it wasn't an immediate harvest right then and there. But the ones that were coming up ready to be harvested were because of the intercession or because of the prayers or because of your labor, because of your faithfulness, because of the work that you have been doing over and over, regardless of the distractions, regardless of the opposition and regardless of the times where you feel like nothing is happening. The Holy Spirit showed me the harvest is ready and it's coming. The ground has been laid. And all you need to continue doing is submitting to him. Everything that you've been doing is right. Like yesterday, we said there's an order that's coming. And in that order, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to operate with him and how to steward what he's getting ready to bring forward. The city right now, God's moving through it. It's breaking denominational walls. He's beginning to soften some of the hardest hearts. And you don't even see it happening, but the Holy Spirit's the one doing it. And the fruit of it is going to be manifest. And when I saw that this morning, that is why I'm encouraging you to intercede for the vision that God has given you, for the assignment that he's placed over this house. Begin to hold it every day before you. Ask God. Lord, what is the next step? What is my role in this? What is my purpose in this? Because as a whole, we make progress going forward. But that has been broken. I'm telling you, there's something that's been broken. I saw it happen this morning. And there's some immediate changes coming. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. There's going to be people that come in. See, when you see things like that and you see the crops come up and you see that some things are ready to be harvested, we can put our own opinion on it, right? And say, oh, I I believe it's maybe a person or this. It's not up to you. And you don't always have to know what it is. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. But that means as you go beyond these walls out to the city and where the Holy Spirit sends you, you're going to be coming across people whose hearts have been prepared They're going to be drawn in. And they have been crying out, Lord, where can I go? Where I can know you in truth and who I am, where I can be trained, where I can be equipped, where I can walk in power. And guess where the Holy Spirit's going to send them? Right here. 
If you want to know what to pray for over the next few months, pray that the Lord increase and continue, continue to break the strongholds of religion over the city. Continue to intercede because it's already making progress. It's happened. The presence of God was so strong. I'm just waiting right now because I feel the Holy Spirit. Is that encouraging? It's encouraging. And so as we have been coming together to pray, we have been, those of you that are able to get there, we have been hitting that religious spirit faithfully. Faithfully, <laughs> hitting the religious spirit, and and always, you know, you'll hear me ask the Lord, "What can I do? What what are the steps that I can take?" And so I, I think that that's important, and I would like to do that. I know it's a little bit after twelve, but we're all here together. I would like to hit the religious spirit, please, and uh, come against that. And you know, some of the things that you know we're we're so busy, you know, putting our nose to the grindstone is how that goes but you know sometimes we don't see what is happening out and about but one thing that was major to me that i i remembered last night after hearing this word was that this i think is the first time i mean as far as i know that the the council the council has tipped there's more believers on the council the city council now than there ever has been and so um, people are excited about maybe things getting straightened around here in this area. And so um, I know that the one of them that won was one that has been trying but never did win very. But he he had it in the paper where the Lord had just really, it was just God all the way from getting the, getting the paperwork to going through and winning. And so um, so praise God. Praise God. That's that's something we don't always see, but I think it's important to see that God is. There are things happening. You know, the coming together with the four four gospel churches that did come together, that happened after May, and that hadn't happened before that. So that, I think, was a, was an important event, and I don't know. You know, the, the young girl that we um, encountered, I think it was Daphne and me and uh, Francis encountered her, and she was just like a piece of cake to get born again. Yeah, I'll get, I'll, yeah, I'll accept Jesus. So we, we went to pray with her and she was a young, she was from Ames, but she was a young girl, just beautiful young girl, wasn't she, Daphne? And anyway, so we went to pray with her and we said, well, what's your name? Because we were going to have her repeat after us, Faith. <laughs> Faith was her name. Anyway, I, I thought about that later. I said, was that an angel or what was that a setup or what was it? Anyway, so I would like to pray. So whoever, whoever would, um, you know, what's on your heart, that direction will pray and then we'll be excused. Amen.